We are and always will be a nation of immigrants. This is my country, my damn country. Give me my country, you can keep the rest. Old men and women yearning for freedom and opportunity who leave their homelands and come to a new country to start their lives over. We were strangers once too. Hello, 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 aliens and allies. Your friendly Russian is here. This is We The Aliens Podcast, and I am your host, Sasha Kapustina. Here, I talk to immigrants who are kicking ass in the U.S. Thank you for tuning in. My guest this week is a rock star photographer, Dean Zulich. But first, quick housekeeping. I just wanted to share with you how excited I am about this new platform, Clubhouse. And this is not a paid ad. I'm just sincerely excited and I want you to join me there. Um, if you're not on it yet, I'm pretty sure you've seen some headlines in the media or people posting stuff on social media. It's really fun. And in this crazy pandemic world where nobody can get together, it became a place to meet new people and build friendships, which is crazy. And for me as an audio person, I got particularly excited because I can see that this platform is a great place for something that I've been wanting to create for the longest time, an audio home for all the aliens. And so currently I host two weekly rooms on Clubhouse. One is on Tuesday morning and one is on Thursday evening. Tuesday morning, 8 a.m. Pacific, it's the room called Global Take, headlines from around the world. I host this room together with a new friend, and a recent podcast guest, political strategist and Forbes columnist, Ariel Cohen. What we do is we just invite everyone to bring a headline from your home country or some country around the world, and we break these news down together. We will be inviting great uh, panelists to help us break the news down. And our hope is to get to know the world better through the community of people who come from all of these countries. And I think it's going to be so fun because I know I love sharing news about Russia uh, and explaining Russia to people. And I'm sure you have something to share, too. So join us on Tuesday morning for that. And then on Thursday evenings, 7 to 9 Pacific, I host a room that is called Immigration Pains and Gains, which is kind of self-explanatory. It's a community group for all the aliens immigrants and first gens and it's very informal and cozy and we just meet and share our experiences and achievements and give advice and give support and for somebody who struggles with social anxiety which you would probably never guess about me but I do uh, I hate networking <laughs> and every time I get ready to host a room, I get a little anxious that nobody will show up and what am I going to do? And then amazing people show up and we have such great time. And I always leave with a full heart. And for me, this room became just a really important way of keeping my faith in humanity alive. And this room just always delivers. So join us on Tuesday morning, 8 a.m. Pacific for Global Take share your news, and Thursday evenings, 7 to 9 Pacific, Immigration Pains and Gains. And if you're not on the platform yet, reach out to me. I may have an invite for you. Okay, 
Now we're done with housekeeping. On to my guest, Dean Zulich. Dean is a photographer. And this is part two of my conversation with Dean. And if you haven't listened to part one, don't miss out on that and find it wherever you're listening right now. And in this episode, we talk about Dean's path in the world of professional photography. And Dean knows a thing or two about that. Among his clients are Nike, United Nations, Playboy, ESPN. His work has appeared all over media. Marie Claire, Vogue, The New York Times, Boston Globe, you name it. And the way Dean got into this world is really unique. First, he started his career kind of later. Uh, he went to college in his 30s. And then he got catapulted into the world of fashion photography by a reality TV show, The Shot that he entered right after college through Craigslist. Okay, I'm telling you too much. But the show promo described him as a Bosnian war veteran with swagger to spare, which is so spot on. And here's our chat. I know that you got into your career path later-ish in your life. How did that occur? I was turning 30 and just closed this little clothing shop that I had in Seattle. And he was like, kind of was feeling that maybe it would be a good time to see what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> and, and actually, it's such a great parallel. I'm writing an article for a blog for one of my sponsor companies that uh, for photo equipment. And that article is called New Beginning. And uh, it's never too late to start again. That was only one of my many new beginnings. Once you figure out that every day is a new beginning, that you like like a closer in baseball. I don't know how much you know American sports and baseball, but closer is the guy that shows up in the last inning every day. And so entire team work hard eight innings and then he either wins it for the team or he loses it. So if you lose today, you still gotta go out tomorrow and pitch your best game. So going back to when I was turning 30, you know, I was kind of in between careers and just enjoying hiking on the beautiful Pacific Northwest and fishing. And and my sister buys me this point and shoot camera digital one digital photography just started being a thing mm -hmm. and i started taking it to my fishing trips and hikes and you know north pacific northwest is just mind-blowingly gorgeous and i started taking pictures and it didn't take long for me to just literally forget about fishing and i'm like holy shit this is amazing and then that instant gratification of taking a photo and then seeing it on the back of the camera was something that just got me I'm like oh my God, I can do this without going to dark room and developing and just like document this. And then I started posting online and got a great feedback. Everybody's like, wow, that's amazing. It's funny thing. Like I thought more of myself as a photographer then than now. Like at that point when I was like, <laughs> I didn't know how camera work. I was like, oh, I'm the best. Don't even fucking talk to me. Like I would fight online on forums. Like when somebody would say photograph is not like the best ever, you know, it was fucking hilarious. So that's how it all started. You know, I quickly realized that, like, if I want to, you know, do this as a career, this would be maybe a good time. You know, I'm like, okay, all my friends have this huge student debt. Why don't I have one too? Everybody owes money. So I decided uh, to just enroll into Art Institute Seattle, which was one of the one of the rare great decisions I made in my life. Uh, I just decided to go and in, enroll into commercial photography program that took about two and a half years. I got an associate degree, but I literally learned everything. I was one of the last generation that actually developed film. So mm -hmm. I went to darkroom. I understood the principles of photography. I 
really went all in. Like I didn't miss a class. I was so into it because I love photography. I'm very passionate about it. Even now I shoot every day with my phone. Like I don't take my camera if I'm, unless I'm paid. Everybody's like, are you going to bring your camera? Nah, I have my phone. Mm-mm. Like if you're going to pay mm-hmm. me, sure. So, but uh, yeah, long story short, um, I went back to school and uh, I won like 15 different scholarships or grants or contests along the way that really helped me buy my equipment that was extremely expensive photo gear is really pricey and uh, that you know that that was my entry to this world of commercial photography and then in addition to those awards I also became hall of fame alumni of art institutes few years later but I got my big break immediately after school I I responded to one of the ads on the craigslist out of all (laughs) <laughs> to become a contestant on a VH1 The Shot, which was reality show, who is, you know, uh, America's next great fashion photographer. Mm. And um, literally straight from the school, from not knowing how to get clients, did I learn anything? What's going on? I got thrown into this one month of living in this loft in Los Angeles, being filmed 24-7 while having different photography challenge every day. Wow. And I literally, I you know, only first one I kind of have a jitters, but I killed every assignment i was like wow this is even easier like i have all these assistants and all this lighting i I just have more help when you graduate photography at that time in particularly the world of high-end commercial photography is in a black box nobody wants to share how what's it like there how do you get in there because everybody knows yeah you travel in the world you're a rock star you're making a lot of money but how you get there and i was like holy shit i can do this man this is easy this is easy like give me all this help so even though i didn't win it I lost in the finals uh, to Maria, who is great friend. She's in England now, married, and you know we exchange messages, and she, she's good people. So yeah, I think I was this you know overconfident immigrant that talked too much. Um, Which is a great character for reality TV. Like that's what you want. If I was absolutely you know casting absolutely. a reality show, I would love having you because you always cause will will you will cause trouble by yeah, just the sure. nature of your character. <laughs> of course. And I was talking so much shit, but it was so much fun too. Like it was, it was great. It was great time. And even though I didn't win the show, it just taught me one thing that was priceless. Basically it taught me that I belong, mm. you know, it showed to the world that I have talent because I got an incredible portfolio out of that TV show. We shot supermodels. We shot underwater hanging off of cliffs. Wow. We shot celebrities, deadly animals, kids, 360 setup. I mean, you name it. We shot everything and I literally annihilated every shoot. So uh, that was something that I couldn't pay with money. And I also started teaching pretty quickly, like, because I got a lot of fans from that show. And then everybody's like, Dean, when are you going to come to Atlanta? When are you going to? I'm like, well, let's put the workshop together and I'll come. And then I started teaching. So whenever I wouldn't have some commercial work, I would put a workshop together. So they worked out really well. I've done probably 15 workshops at least from like Portugal, Slovenia, Atlanta, LA, Seattle. Yeah, all over the place. So uh, that show was great, but uh, it wasn't easy going back to Seattle after, you know, being there and like, okay, let's start from scratch now. How do I get work? You know, and then I caught the social media craze at the very beginning. Like at that time, Facebook was just beginning. It was organic. And if people liked your photos and commented, they would share, like they would explode. And people really liked my photos, stuff that I was posting. And I literally got both Nike Golf and Playboy through word of mouth, Facebook, organic reach. Oh, my God. Golden yeah. days. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, super grateful to some of my early clients like Sanmar from Seattle. I have to give a shout out to 
all the amazing people from there, Nancy and everybody else, they, they literally were my entry to, to the, I learned a lot from these people and they were super, super, um, important for me. So, wow. um, yeah, you know, and I, I just started getting clients and I was hustling, you know, like whenever I wasn't doing commercial shoot, I would put something creative together. I would enter contests. And when there was nothing going on, I would put the workshop together and then something would come. And then my clients just were becoming bigger and money was becoming better. And ever since that reality show, I fell in love with downtown LA because it was so artist's dream. It was desolate, beautiful, perfect weather, crazy art deco buildings, and but nobody there. I'm like, I got to live there. And it took me about five years uh, since I graduated and got out of the show. That was great times. Those were like, you know, 2012 is when I moved to LA and I was there for about five years. And then um, next up was, you know, I, I, if you look at my portfolio, you will see that I'm a location guy. I enjoy locations a lot more than studio and my passion for travel and location kicked in and I kind of refocused on my tra travel stuff. I know that you also did a lot of work with humanitarian and uh, nonprofits. Uh, sure. How did that come come about i did you know i i did my first great project was this pasados which is an animal rescue company in seattle i shot seattle seahawks entire team <laughs> with these animals that were rescued and that was that was insane like in, i had two hours to shoot like 20 animals and 20 players and animals were not trained they were rescued and players were not used to having like chicken or turkey <laughs> or cow or... nobody was trained except for you yeah, and I killed it. Like that calendar was sold for char charity, did really well. So that was one of my first ones. And then I'd done some stuff in LA for this amazing Why'd You Stop Me is the name of the uh, organization where a gentleman that became a friend of mine, Jason, is educating both the public and the police how to handle those stops to reduce the acts of violence between the police and community. So I did some stuff for them. And then I did the wildlife way station is this wild animals outside of LA, like literally tigers. And um, so yeah, I, I definitely love animals. And then I'm always game. If you have a good cause, you just ask me, you know, like if you ask, if you don't ask, you don't get, that's my, uh, that's my motto in life. I was just, well, that's a, that's a great one. I was just going to ask you, like, what would be the biggest advice that you give? And you, you already dropped some, some gems here about, you know, hustling and, and you know, creating sure. your own thing. And what else could you share with somebody who is coming in, for example, into that world of, I mean, does it even exist anymore, really, the world of professional photography? Because it feels like, and you even mentioned it yourself, like how you don't even bring your camera with you anymore. And like, it looks like on Instagram, everybody is a professional photographer, which they're not. But does it destroy your world? What does it do? Well, the biggest advice I would give somebody now that wants to become a professional photographer, I would just say don't. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I would say... Uh... No, I wouldn't say don't, but I would say get a real job. Just kidding. It's really <laughs> tough. It has become tougher and tougher because everybody and their mother is shooting with their phone. It's on quantity over quality. I feel the same as a filmmaker because everybody is doing video now. And, and 100%. It's the skills that I've spent years honing. Everybody is like, as a matter, it's like nothing. It Like it doesn't matter, which I know it does. But people assume that it doesn't. And it's really frustrating. 
It is. It is. You know, and I always say the client will hire somebody who has just got out of, you know, one of these new hotshots, kids, whatever, without formal education. The formal education is not a must. I'm sure, you, you know, there's many people that didn't go to photo school, but are, are incredible photographers. But uh, if you, you know, there is difference between me and upcoming pro that will, you know, has never shot big campaign is that I've made all those mistakes already. I forgot all the gear. I forgot the transmitters. I encountered shitty models, pissed off talent. I encountered clients stressed out. I encountered sandstorms and, you know, fires on set and explosion of light. I've been there, done that, right? So I know how to handle it. I know how to back up everything. And so with me is, you know, you're going to get your product every time. One of my teachers said this great. This is, you know, still my mantra. Like, amateur will take a great picture once in their lifetime. Professional will take a good picture every time. So he will might win the best contest and create this, get this amazing photo. But I'm going to do good every time in and out. I'm never going to take a bad picture. I'm going to go out of my way to give you high quality product. Will it win award every time? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Will even my, you know, but so... I'm done, you know, chasing, trying to prove something, you know, my clients know what they get when they hire me and I'm grateful for them. And uh, yeah, the game is changing big time. I've been writing blogs and, you know, I, I'm diversifying and, you know, I have a couple of teams where, you know, if video is needed, we are available for different budgets, of course. And uh, it's, it's such a, it's really tough field and it's not getting any easier by the day. To get into and to make a good living, you know, like we all used to. Yeah. You know, people that have been in the game even longer, they have a hard time admitting that and going with the flow. I'm okay with it. I'm like, hey, whatever industry does, you have to adjust or you're going to stay behind. Well, adapt or die, right? 100%. And so I know that a big part of your inspiration and big part of your creative journey has been creating those amazing images that are surrealistic, that are not just commercial photography, but art, artistic photography. And uh, I'm definitely going to post some of these uh, with this episode because I'm a huge fan. How do you see the future of that kind of art? Well, this is the deal. Um, so I got into it because I always, I'm a big fan of motion pictures, you know, and you are a filmmaker. So I'm big fan of, you know, from David Lynch to Wim Wenders, Jim Jarmusch, old school guys. And like great, like, uh, you know, DPs like Bob Robertson. And like, I I love seeing great setups and great stories. So I kind of like, I also enjoy Salvador Dali. So my inspiration came from all over the place, from great photographers like Ansel Adams and Annie Leibovitz to to, to these painters and surrealists and then to filmmakers. And then I like telling the stories and I like kind of leaving it to a viewer to see what I wanted to say, where I didn't really want the answer to this is I didn't want to see it. For the most part, I didn't want to say much. I wanted viewer to have their own story. So uh, when they see some of my conceptual images, uh, where does that go commercially? I have no idea. My biggest recent job was a large fine art job, but it wasn't conceptual. It was landscape. And I'm very grateful to that client. Um, mm-hmm. We're in a really strange transitional period especially with this all this money printing getting back there's a lot of more money in savings now than ever but this is very transitional art is luxury i think the art scene at the beginning of the pandemic has died and then now 
people are trying to put their money away because a lot of people are feeling the dollar will lose value. And I'm one of those these people. I just don't know when. So a lot of people are putting their money into fine art, into, I don't know, people are buying gold and crypto and blah, blah. I'm not a finance guy, so I'm not going to talk about it. But I feel there will be a window to sell some stuff. But now what is really I'm trying to learn about it is confusing me, those non-fungible tokens and art being like art being sold for like fifty thousand dollars there's not even like i was just going to ask you that's what i was kind of uh nudging towards like so you are entering that space we are all entering without wanting it or not we are all going into that direction we are going into the direction of cryptocurrencies and nfts how long this transitional period will be i don't know but Decentralized banking, of course, seems like the future. Um, and then obviously NFTs. And it's just like the fact that you can sell, you know, what did Elon Musk sell his tweet for is insane, you know? So I'm still learning. Well, that's I, a I'm not fad. an expert on this. That's one of those things that brings attention, but not not everybody's going to be able to sell tweets. But sure, I do hope that people like you who have creative chops will find the opportunities to get to live off of our work. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, I hope you're right. I hope again. you're right. I hope you're right. I need to, I'll be honest with you. True. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I didn't get into it enough. I have a friend that keeps sending me the info and, you know, as something sell, Hey, this piece of art, this virtual house sold for this. This sold this piece of art sold for what was that other one that sold for five million the other day or ten million? That piece of art I was like, are you like kidding me right now? But I just I don't know I I have to learn more to have you know a little more of an opinion that is fact based to to go deeper. Kind of wrapping up, I want to ask you, what do you feel coming to the U.S. gave you? As a person, obviously, you you got to create this amazing career and you've learned a lot from that. But as a person, what did it what did coming here teach you? God, that's such a complex question. You, this is the deal. I feel that this is all a journey life on this earth. Right. This is just a combination of experiences. I feel that there was, you know, whatever first half of my life was combination of experiences where I was born in Bosnia and then the war and then the U.S. living in the U.S. there is a very specific melting pot type of a place that is built for immigrants by the immigrants. Um, it had obviously very valuable part. It added many valuable parts to who I am as an individual now. I'd learned certain skills. I'd met a lot of people and I grew many different directions. And I feel that it was as important as me being there. I feel there is no things that are more or less important. I just feel that this is just combination experience of experiences. And that's how I take it. And ever since I started taking it like this, I literally have zero anxiety, depression, stress. I just don't try to overanalyze. I mostly expect, accept things as they are and keep working on what I feel I should be working right now. So I don't have any colossal answer for you. I just think that it had its time and place and it's great. And then uh, we'll see what the future brings. I think that's a wrap. Thank you, awesome. Dean. Thank you. Thank you.
That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Find Dean on Instagram. Buy a print of his photo on his website. The links are in the show notes and on our website. Let us know what you think about the podcast. Shoot us a message. All the contact info and links are also in the show notes and on the website. Join our clubhouse rooms every Tuesday morning and Thursday evening. And if you need an invite, DM me on Instagram. Also, subscribe to our newsletter and get all the links to our rooms and never miss an event and never miss an episode of the show. And don't forget to share the show with a friend. I don't know, someone who's into fashion photography, someone who's into conceptual art, or someone who's worried that they will never find their thing. Just click share and text them the link. And remember, we're here to stay. We'll find our way. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. Stay safe. Love you. Peace. country, you can keep the rest. This is my country, my damn country, and it don't mean a thing.